0: So, this episode is going to be very difficult to record, but here we go. Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy the Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17 time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay at home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer, and as I said in the intro, this episode is going to be a tough one to record, and I will just put a big fat trigger warning right here. If hearing about pregnancy loss or miscarriage is not something that you're in a place to hear right now, please exit out of this episode. For those of you who stick around, don't worry, I will still obviously tie this into Airbnb because that's what this show is. Ultimately, I know my audience, I'm not trying to bait and switch you guys into just hearing about my personal life story. But this has been weighing on me for the last six weeks, been going through some shit, (laughs) and The only reason i'm bringing it up is not because i want like a pity party like you do not have to dm me your sympathies or anything after this episode if i was still in that place where i needed that this episode would not be coming out rest assured the reason we're going to talk about what i've been through lately and how i'm going to tie this back into short-term rental hosting and being a real estate investor and working from home is because going through what i just went through in the last six weeks made me so appreciative for airbnb and being a host and this whole world and it just really reinvigorated for me why i got into this whole industry in the first place and find it so fulfilling so again don't feel sorry for me or anything please don't send me like i'm not trying to ask for a pity party in any way This is going to be a very uplifting episode by the end of it, but it might just be a little hard for me to get through because there's some raw emotions. All right, let's get into it, okay? So, on April 24th, I found out I was pregnant, and if any of you know about my delivery with my second child, it was a very traumatic birth. We both almost didn't make it, and honestly, this pregnancy happened sooner than I was ready for, and... I immediately was nervous about going through delivery again and there was something from the moment I found out in the back of my head that was like you know what you're not even gonna get there and I don't know why I thought that but I swear like I just had this intuitive voice being like you don't even need to stress about the labor and delivery like this isn't gonna get that far just to let you know my headspace like it was weird because I like expected something to happen. Don't know what that's based on, but I just had this gut feeling. I literally told that to Eric too. So it was weird. Anyway, about four weeks later, I go in for my eight-week appointment and they told me that it was very difficult to find a heartbeat. The baby was on growth with everything, on track for growth, measuring right up to where he should have been. I never found out the gender, but I'm pretty sure it was a he. And just based on my intuition with everything, we're gonna, we're gonna call him a he. So he was on track and measuring where he was supposed to be, but it was very difficult to find a heartbeat. It was a really weak heartbeat. And basically they told me right then and there, here's what to expect if you have a miscarriage or you can schedule a DNC. And I was not about that. I was like, wait, there's still a heartbeat, like. I, why are we already talking about this? I was not ready to let this go. They were like, if you're not ready to talk miscarriage or schedule. DNC, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, is a dilation and curatage. It's basically just a surgery to go in and take out the tissue and the fetal remains of the baby that didn't make it. So that's what they were talking to me about immediately was either I'm going to pass this thing naturally or if I wanted to schedule a DNC, But, again, like, they couldn't affirmatively tell me there was no heartbeat. So I was like, no, we're not doing that. Like, until you tell me that this baby is dead, like, we're not going down that route. So they were like, okay, if you want, you can come back for a follow-up appointment the next week. And next week was the same news. The baby, what was weird is that it was still growing. Like, it was still on track growth-wise. But, again, really hard to find a heartbeat. So I was thinking that maybe, like, we were gonna make it, but there was just gonna be some heart abnormality or some heart defect that the baby was born with. But again, the doctors were like, no, it's not looking good. Like, DNC and miscarriage. That's what they kept saying. I scheduled another follow-up, and then this basically happened for four weeks that I just kept going back. I had not passed anything on my own, and finally, the fourth week that I went in, I basically, Eric was with me and we were like, you guys just need to tell us like I can't do the wishy-washy thing because the doctors kept saying, we would ask, is it non-viable? Did we lose the baby? And they'd be like, it's looking that way. And I cannot deal with that. Like I need absolute terms. So I don't know if that's just something that they're like trained to do maybe because they feel like that's going to soften the blow instead of just telling you like, yeah, your baby died. But for me, like I needed definitive answers. So finally, that last appointment, we went in and this time officially they were like, okay, it looks like there's been no growth since last week and we cannot find a heartbeat. Every other time it was like, it's faint. It's hard to detect. We can't really tell. It was still growing this time. No growth, no heartbeat straight up. Eric was just like, can you just tell us, like, did we lose the baby? And she's like, yes, you lost the baby. And it was, like, actually a really good relief. Like, the four weeks before really sucked because they felt like we were just in this limbo of not knowing if there was a chance we could make it or not. But at that point, I was like, okay, cool. Came home, thought about what I wanted to do, if I wanted to pass it naturally or have a DNC. Literally ended up calling back the very next day or calling back that evening. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for a DNC. Had one scheduled for the next day, which was a Friday. So... I ended up going in on Friday, June 9th, and I had a DNC and had to go under general anesthesia, which was just a lot because the last time I was under general anesthesia was for emergency C-section and it just brought back a lot of failings I thought I had dealt with and clearly have not yet. Yeah, I'm going to be on a little bit of a self-help journey for the next, indefinitely. But anyway... I thought I was so good and because I had four weeks leading up I think it would have been worse if I had just shown up to this appointment and they were like hey no herpes and no growth like that would have crushed me but I had four weeks to brace myself for what was coming and like I said I had this gut feeling from the moment I took a pregnancy test that for some reason this one just wasn't gonna work out so I thought after the DNC like Okay, good. I put it behind me. I moved on. The next day, Tatiana flew down from Vancouver to LA and we went to create and cultivate together, which technically I wasn't supposed to do because I don't think you're supposed to drive 24 hours after general anesthesia. And it had been like 16 hours, but I just, I had to mentally go and I was like, no, I'm done. Like I put this behind me. I'm done. I thought I was good. So the next day I was at a freaking women's business conference and was popping my ibuprofen because I was severely cramping and you guys looking back it's so dumb that I went but I just I don't know this is how my brain works like I I had to go do something and put this behind me and I knew Tatiana flew down from Vancouver and would be posting stories of being there and I was like I can't miss this we're going we had planned this we had planned to be at the create and cultivate conference because this was going to be our inspiration for next year's level up your listing summit like I had to go and I I have no regrets, but if any of you work in healthcare, just please don't be mad at me, okay? I did what I needed to for my mental health that day. Anyway, thought I was good, had a lovely dinner, like we caught up, we got so much inspiration and everything. It was so good that we went. And then the next few days, I was in a dark hole and I was just like breaking down on the couch. Poor little Violet, my two and a half year old came up to me and she was like, mommy, are you sad? And I was like, yeah, I'm really sad. And she asked me why. And I was like, because we thought we were going to have a baby, but it didn't work out. And she was like, oh no, we were going to have a baby, but it didn't work out. And clearly she doesn't know what she's saying, but she was just so, oh, so sweet and like empathetic and just started like holding my hand and brushing my hair and just, oh, it was just what a moment. I feel like that's what I've done for her so many times when she's scraped her knee or something. And this time, like, she got to do that for me. It was very sweet. But anyway, the next few days were really rough. I don't know why I had such a hard time Processing this when again, I like leaving the hospital. I felt like perfect. No, no regrets like we waited We took the time we needed to make this decision. I made it full well knowing we lost the baby There was no ifs ands or buts about it. I'm good I can move on and I don't know what happened, but the wave of emotions just hit me after that and Here is where I'm going to tie this back into Airbnb now. So thank you for bearing with me on this very personal story so Tuesday night, I was just not doing well and I told Eric, who is a teacher and has been off this whole summer, and I told him, hey, I we need to go. We need to go on a trip. Let's go to Palm Springs. Let's get away. Let's drive off. Also, anyone who lives in Southern California, this cloudy ass weather has not been good for me. Has literally taken a toll on my happiness and I just said, we have to go to Palm Springs. As soon as we get past the mountain ridge on the 10, I will be a whole new person. Like, you need to take me to the sunshine, and I need a pool. I need a lazy river, and hey, I can drink again, so you need to get me a spicy margarita. Let's go. So we spontaneously just booked a last-minute trip. Ended up going to Palm Springs for two nights, and it was amazing. Exactly what I needed. I left there being so inspired and refreshed and on the way there I had been thinking that I wanted this week's episode to be about this but I wasn't sure if it was too personal and like too unprofessional to share all of this. On the way coming back I was like 100% this week's episode is going to be a solo episode and I need to talk about this and get this all off my chest. So it was very invigorating. It gave me very clear vision but more than just being in the sun and in the pool and having a cocktail like more than just that. It was what, it's going to sound so cheesy, but it was what Palm Springs and that last minute decision to go symbolized on a deeper level that was so transformative for me. To back up a little bit, I had followed the path that you were supposed to on paper, graduated high school, immediately went to college, went to a four-year university, got a business degree, not even because I was passionate about business but that seemed like a practical degree to get and did that got my emphasis in marketing and immediately got a corporate job doing marketing for an insurance company and it really seemed like wow this is great I got the job by meeting someone at a recruitment job fair and like I followed all of the steps used my campus resources and ended up in this corporate job in a cubicle and I was like okay this is it I made it and very quickly realized that it was not what I wanted to do. And this is before I had kids, before Eric and I were even married, but i had already been with Eric for a good number of years, like five years at that point. And we knew we were going to get married and wanted kids. And I think at that job in that cubicle is when I started realizing like, oh, this is not going to work when I want to have kids one day and start a family. And when I had finally found my way into airbnb hosting and realized the potential of this industry and how lucrative it could be and the time flexibility more importantly i thought to myself hey this is something like i can do from home in a few hours a week once i have kids and eric's a teacher he always has summers off spring break off winter break this will let us travel and do these vacations and be able to be spontaneous and when i booked this palm springs trip i realized that is the first time we've traveled with the kids. That was the first family vacation we've done. And I hadn't even realized, like, it took having a miscarriage and losing my baby to realize I needed this and have us go on this trip. And that, to me, was the part that was more important than the trip itself. It was that realization of, oh, shit, I actually, I have arrived. I set out on this goal I left that corporate job I wanted to build something for myself and I did and I said I wanted to build it because I wanted the flexibility and time freedom when I had kids and I freaking built it and I've arrived and now here we are where Eric's on summer break this is the first year he has not taught summer school he would teach it every year because it's good money and this year he was like hey because of the income you're bringing in I don't have to so that was six more weeks we got with him that he would be teaching summer school And that is what allowed him to be there for me going through all of this, allowed us to plan this trip spontaneously and just go and be able to afford it, not have any issues staying at a super nice resort and just room service charges and eating everything at the resort and poolside service. And like we splurged, we treated ourselves and it was like I was able to do it guilt free. Like we could afford it. We could afford the money financially and we could afford the time and That just, I don't know, it just clicked for me. Like, why have we not done this yet? This is literally what I had built my life for. And this was the vision I had for it. And here we are two kids deep and we haven't done this yet. And it was just so special to realize we could up and go and do that. And now, I don't know, we're gonna, we're gonna be doing stuff like this so much more often. And I don't know if there's any like positive light that had to come out of this. I think it's that it made me just appreciate the time that I do have with my family and my kids right now while they are little. Nothing is guaranteed and both these little girls being here is a miracle and I need to just appreciate that and I'm so grateful to this whole short-term rental world for making this all possible and I can't imagine going through the last six weeks finding out that it wasn't looking good up to finding out that we officially lost the baby, up to having the DNC the recovery after that. So much cramping, you guys. So many blood clots you're passing. Like, it was, for anyone who's had a DNC, it's not for the faint of heart. It was a lot. And the emotional toll it takes on you was really tough, and I'm still dealing with that, and I know I'm going to be for a while, but I don't know. it just something about all of this happening, like, really made me appreciate what i have built and this really did give this whole world like short-term rentals and everything really did give me this freedom that i wanted and here we got it and i've been taking it for granted and i'm just we are not gonna do that anymore like so many more family vacations and getaways to come and i guess this episode (laughs) i know i'm not leaving you with any hard short-term rental lessons to walk away from today but I've just been in a weird place the last six weeks and not, I feel like I haven't been as present on Instagram and I've been doing a lot of guest episodes, which is fine. I love my guests, but I missed talking to you guys solo and I felt like I was due for a solo episode or just a heart-to-heart with this whole audience and yeah, I hope that even though this episode was weird and random, I hope it helps somebody and especially I hope the takeaway is for anybody who has been sitting on the sidelines, you've been listening to this podcast and others and reading all the books and watching all the YouTube videos to educate yourself, just jump in. And I know you've heard that a million times. Just start and you're like, I know, but I don't have the money or I don't know where to yet. Reach out to me. I'm going to put a link in the show notes here to book some time on my calendar. I'm actually launching a coaching program that will be a 10-week very intimate mentorship we're doing like 10 to 15 students and that's it and it is timed it's a lot of hand-holding we're going to meet every week for 10 weeks and I just know that for anybody who this resonates with and again I'm not just talking the like financial piece of Airbnb if you want the get rich quick scheme that's I'm not the coach for that that's not what I'm going to show you but if you resonate with the lifestyle and doing this all while you have kids trying to get to a point where you're managing it in a few hours a week and if what's most important to you is the fulfillment that you'll get from short-term rental hosting not just the money but actually taking pride in designing spaces and owning properties and being able to bring your kids with you to your spaces and maybe have your kids help out as cleaners and getting the tax deductions for A spouse who's a W-2 income earner, and this is something you can do that you find fulfillment in addition to being a stay-at-home mom, or when you picture your life if you don't have kids yet, you're just seeing that you want more of that flexibility and the creative outlet hosting can give you. That's who this program is for. And we're gonna go through and structure exactly how to do it with those values in mind. So if you've been sitting on the sidelines and you need some hand holding and you're ready to jump in, or If you're already hosting, but you feel like you're lacking direction, it's hard to step back, you're too emotionally attached to the business, you want more of the time freedom, you want to scale up, but you're too attached to one property. If you're in that weird phase and just lacking direction, you need to grow, please book some time on the calendar. I will drop in the show notes below. Click that link and we can chat and see if this is a good fit for you. The last thing I want to say is if this is speaking to you, but you are worried that you have young kids right now and it's very hard to do this and time balance all of this, please know, and I firmly believe this, having been there, I so believe to my core that having babies, having kids is a superpower that will accelerate your business not the other way around it does not hold you back and i know this for a fact because with each of my children even including this very last one that we lost i have made the biggest moves in my business with each of them and just to walk you through when i had violet we had her in december of 2020 that february my dream fixer upper investment property went on the market Prior to that I was still hosting but I was only in a co-hosting role managing for other people including my family. That property hit the market February 2021. It was I had, had my eyes on it forever and I was like great what's this timing I now have a two-month-old and now I want to go into escrow on this but we did and we were literally renovating that property with Violet in a pack and play in the middle of our construction zone and we'd spent multiple nights there sleeping on air mattresses in this place to save money and do the work ourselves but it was the biggest kick in the ass that I needed and I swear I I think we I don't know it's hard to tell because I had wanted that property for so long like maybe we would have put the offer on it regardless but At that time, there was so much uncertainty with the housing market. This was in February of 2021, and people didn't know what was happening. We were still COVID. The interest rates were all over the place. The housing prices were all over. But I really think it was having Violet that even though it seemed like the most inconvenient time, that was what told me it's time we officially get into ownership. I need to stop just co-hosting, and we need to own our own thing and start investing in our own real estate. And to this day, that is my most profitable property, way better than any of the ones I co-host. It does so well. We built so much equity into it through the renovation, and I love that property so much. We are going to have that for the rest of our lives. I never want to sell that property. I hope that my kids grow up vacationing there. And, you know, as they get older, I can always show Violet the pictures of her being our little buddy in that construction zone after that we finished wrapping up everything with that construction and started renting it and then I had Scarlett in March of 2022 and like I said that was an extremely traumatic birth and delivery and I had a lot of recovery to do from an emergency c-section she was a NICU baby and it was actually six weeks after I had given birth that I decided to start this podcast and I would record it in my room under a blanket in the dark for the soundproofing after the girls went to sleep in their room and I don't know why six weeks postpartum I decided it was a good idea to add another project to my plate but I just felt that at that point like I had nothing to lose anymore I'd already almost lost my life we had almost lost Scarlett like I just I was ready why wait I like at that point it became so clear how precious life is and how quickly things can change and just decided to start this podcast. I had wanted to start a podcast, you guys, for years. For years I had wanted to and just never had the guts to do it and at that point I just truly didn't care anymore. If no one had listened I would not have cared. I just needed to talk into a microphone as a distraction from everything I had just gone through and this podcast ended up changing my life and now has become a massive part of my business and how i connect with you guys and the final piece is with baby number three who I will never get to meet when I found out I was pregnant with him I had wanted to launch a coaching program and just a more personalized mentorship I have taught courses before and I would always have about 250 students sign up and it was just done on more of a mass scale and I was not able to offer the one-on-one help that I wanted to I've done consultations for a long time and that was almost too slow for me like those were just one on ones and i would get a lot of the same questions and knew i could be helping more people at a time but i didn't want to go as big as the 250 class size again and i would just been wanting to start a coaching program forever and have more of a mentorship role but i couldn't piece it together i didn't know what i had to offer i didn't know how to make it any different and there's so many Short term rental coaching programs out there. And it was very, I just kept putting it off. And literally, when I found out I was pregnant this third time, I ended up hiring a business coach, I think within a week, to help me build out my very own coaching program. And it was just, again, like some, I don't know, maternal. Kick in the butt that I got that was like, Stop, you're done waiting. You you get this thing off the ground before baby comes, even though I'm telling you guys I had this gut feeling I wasn't going to have this baby, but something in me was like, This is time. You've been putting this off for long enough. It's time. Hire the business coach, make the investment, and get this program off the ground running. And I've needed some breaks in between to cope with everything, but I'm in a good place right now and feeling very ready to launch this thing and just finally be able to truly help people in a more intimate way than a big mass group course, more intimate than this podcast, but also be able to help more people than just from one-on-one calls. And one thing I'm so excited about too is the community aspect from the coaching program because I want to keep it tight to 10 to 15 students only. I am so choosy about who's going to come in and just as much as you're like applying for the program I also have to think that you're going to be a good fit because I want this group to all be able to help each other and make sure that we are all aligned in our values and that again nobody's doing this for a get rich quick scheme or anything like that. I'm not anti co-hosting or arbitrage but this is very much going to be focused on wanting to own. I think co-hosting and arbitrage can be a step up. That's how I got my start, but this is very much going to be an emphasis to own and how to build that generational wealth for your kids. If you don't have kids yet, that's okay. You can still apply. As long as you want this lifestyle for yourself, this program is for you. Thank you guys for listening to this Heart to Heart. I don't know if you needed it or if I needed to get this off my chest, but either way, I feel that this is very therapeutic for me. One of the hardest things with the podcast is that it's hard to get feedback or real-time reactions from you guys i'm just putting this out there and i don't really see comments or anything that comes through i don't really hear from you but i'm excited for those of you who do end up applying for the program to get to talk to you more one-on-one and hear personally who makes up this community and see if you're a good fit for this program i'm going to be very choosy that everybody who applies meshes well together. One thing that's so important for me with this mentorship is not just that I'm bringing value, but that the group can help each other. And what I'm most excited for is after this coaching program ends, we are going to do an in-person retreat, probably somewhere in Orange County or Southern California. And I have so many ideas for this. It's going to be intimate like I said 10 to 15 maybe 20 students max but I want to keep this tight and oh I have so many ideas for this retreat you guys and it's just going to be a bunch of women who all want more and want more fulfillment and more flexibility financially time wise and I'm just I'm so excited to get this thing up and running so thank you guys for indulging me with this episode it, I needed this and I hope somebody out there needed this too <laughs> And to end this on a lighter note, I still have to give you an Am I the Airbnb hole today. So this one is a series of screenshots that we got on a hosting Facebook group. And this host posted the following screenshot. So this is a message they received from Airbnb support saying, Hello, this is John, your resolution specialist here in Airbnb. I hope my message finds you well. First, I would like to thank you for being a great host here at Airbnb and for providing hospitality to all of your guests. I'm reaching out today because your guest wrote a message to us requesting for a cancellation. Please know that the guest reported that they are asking for a full refund due to the reservation being booked by mistake. They were looking at your place and inquiring about pricing and booked on accident. Due to your cancellation policy, your guest was not able to receive a full refund if they cancel their reservation. We would like to ask you, as an act of goodwill, if you would be willing to offer them a full refund outside your cancellation policy. Your insights about their request are highly appreciated. Also, I just want to thank you for being one of our great hosts here on Airbnb Community and your dedication to providing a great place to stay. Oh God, I hate when they put that. Okay, this host said, hi, I have one of the most flexible cancellation policies. They can cancel, but I will not be refunding them out of my funds. Airbnb can refund the guests on their behalf if they will like, as my cancellation policy stands, as this is a business, not a charity. Furthermore, their excuse does not make any sense, as after they booked, they replied to my question asking how many people would be coming and the time of their arrival. That does not sound like a mistake and they booked on accident. Sounds to me like they found a cheaper property and want to get out of this booking. Furthermore, please do not contact me about anything outside of my very flexible and clear cancellation policy. I find that to be rude and undermining to my business. I appreciate your time with this matter and you have a nice day. Love, love this. Yay, bravo. I love this. I've been here, you guys. I haven't actually had the guest ever say they booked by accident. That is hilarious to me. That they booked by accident and then the host says they literally responded to their questions about how many guests were coming and what time they'd be checking in please come on give me a break come up with a better excuse than that at least but i've had this happen where airbnb asks me even though it's outside of the cancellation policy would i like to refund the guest okay are you planning on refunding your service fees as well as an act of goodwill and i hate when they do this and they fluff you up and they add all this language of also please know that we greatly respect you and thank you for being one of our super hosts. No, it's not gonna work on me. I, oh, it drives me nuts. I'm, this response was so good. Such a well-articulated response. Clearly the Airbnb holes here are Airbnb themselves for trying to manipulate this host, the guests, for making up this phony excuse about accidentally booking. And the non-airbnb hole is this host who stood his ground and i want to call out one comment i saw somebody commented and said but the real question is do you really want this type of guest showing up say you don't refund and they decide to come and then give you a one-star review and this host replied and said i am not scared of retaliatory reviews i get them removed all the time i am a beast and allow no one to run over me good for you love it And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know, a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!